A power shift in Syria's war as the body count rises. Today, Thursday, June 13th, this is The World. I'm Marco Werman. The U.N. estimates 93,000 dead in Syria's civil war, and the sectarian divide there is growing. This reporter recounts how hardline rebels murdered a young man for blasphemy. Someone asked him for a free cup of coffee, and he replied with something like, even if the Prophet Muhammad himself came and asked for a cup of coffee, I couldn't afford to give it to him because I have to make a living. Uh, And they shot him dead uh, for taking the Prophet's name in vain. And later, a rare chance to get up close to Mozart's very own violin and viola. They travel rarely because it's a lot of work to prepare and to do. We have set them up on two different planes, each accompanied by two people. PRI's The World is supported by Medtronic, now accepting nominations for the Bakken Invitation, a global celebration of patients helped by medical technology who make a difference in their communities. More on how nonprofits can earn a grant at liveongiveon.org. Hi, Marco Werman. This is The World. Numbers can be deceptive, and the number of 93,000 dead in Syria doesn't help really to make sense of the suffering there. But one stat today caught our eye. During the bloodiest month of the war in Iraq, July 2006, 3,500 people were killed. The death toll during a typical month in Syria's civil war surpasses 5,000, and there seems to be no end in sight. If anything, the Assad regime appears to have been given a new lease on life following the intervention of the powerful Lebanese Shiite militia, Hezbollah. Borzu Daragahi covers the Middle East for the Financial Times, so the UN today reported a toll of 93,000 deaths since the war began in Syria, Borzu. That's just the cases they've fully documented. The true toll could be three times as many. Where's this war going? You know, it's really hard to say at this point. There's a few uh, things that we can establish. One is, as, as you pointed out, uh, thanks to the intervention of, uh, of Russia, uh, Iran, and its ally Hezbollah, uh, Bashar al-Assad's regime seems to have a, a new lease on life. Uh, it seems to have uh, uh, gained some uh, tactical wins, uh, including uh, taking over the, the city of Qusair, which was a key transit point. Uh, but also, um, from what I've been hearing, the, the intervention of Hezbollah into this conflict conflict injects a, a kind of tone of, of professionalism in the Syrian armed forces that wasn't there before. Let me give you an example. I, I, I was in Lebanon just recently during the, the, the time when there was this fighting going on uh, along the border, and the Hezbollah guys were actually taking the injured people from the other side to hospitals in Lebanon. Uh, that doesn't make them humanitarians. It just makes them professionals in the art of war. They didn't uh, kill off these prisoners, it's something that we haven't seen at all before when it comes to the Syrian regime. And this could uh, be a game changer because uh, Hezbollah actually knows how to fight and win wars. And I mean, as far as Hezbollah's reputation from the Syrian rebels point of view, if you even see Hezbollah coming, do you kind of back away? Uh, I mean, it depends on how good of a fighter you are and how uh, tightly organized your unit is. But, you know, that is a possibility that the rebels, after this uh, particular lesson, uh, they will in the future uh, back off from any confrontation uh, with Hezbollah. Although I would say that the level of fighting is so fierce and the determination of the rebels, at least some of the groups, is so strong that, you know, we didn't see any evidence of them backing off in this in this particular fight. However, 
there was something that, that sort of showed the fragmentation and the disadvantages of the rebels. There were reports uh, in the battle for Clusaire that units from other parts of the country were coming to Clusaire to help the rebels fight against this Hezbollah-backed uh, onslaught. And uh, in the end, they didn't show up. Like the fighters from Aleppo, who are uh, very robust, uh, very strong, very well-equipped relatively, uh, they ended up not wanting to risk giving up their territory in Aleppo to come and help these guys down in Husser. And that's a, a really bad sign uh, for the rebels. Not to mention uh, their public image is kind of taking a beating right now. Uh, reports of atrocities seem to be increasing, including the well-documented killing of a 14-year-old boy in the streets uh, this week. Tell us about that. Oh, this was a, a, a terrible incident. Uh, apparently, and this is pretty well documented, um, apparently a 14-year-old boy was selling coffee on the streets of Aleppo to uh, make a buck or two, and someone asked him for a free cup of coffee, and he replied with something like, even if the Prophet Muhammad himself came and asked for a cup of coffee...